But today, just in the next few minutes, we're going to end our series that we've been on concerning covenant and understanding covenant. If you haven't been here for these messages, you can go to our app, website, YouTube channel, wherever you can get and or listen to or watch um, <clears throat> the three previous messages. I think there was three, yes. The three previous messages to this, and it'll help you, and it's, it's, it's vital. I've, through the years and all the years I've pastored here, we've taught on covenant many times, but never like I've taught this series. And um, today, even just because of, just because of time, I'm not going to just drag this message out. I'm going to kind of shorten it. <clears throat> I already had this in the back of my mind because I kind of ahead of time thought about how special that these two families were to us with their children, and this was going to take a little longer. So um, I just, um, you know, three, many covenants in the Bible, but three of the main covenants and, and two that we're looking at today, there's, there, well, three of them a little bit, but um, there was the covenant that God had with Abraham that had to happen so that Jesus could come. What Abraham did, how Abraham believed God, he believed God and his son was ransomed. That had to happen so that Jesus could come. Some people don't think that had to happen because God can just do whatever God wants to do, but God had it set up that way because God gave authority in the earth to mankind, and He never took that away. When Adam and Eve lost that in the garden, He never took it back, never did. And so for Jesus to come back into the earth, for God to come back and be reconnected to mankind, something had to happen, and a man had to believe that God would do what He said He would do. That what God would promise, He was able to perform it. And that's what, Adam gave, that's what Abraham gave us. There's the covenant with Moses, the law, the tabernacle in the wilderness. And we're going to read about that just for a moment. And then there's the new covenant through Jesus Christ. And today I just want to just in this series with a picture of what that looks like. And so I'm going to read a lot of Scripture just for a moment for you to follow the story of it. I wasn't going to do this. I was just going to talk about it. And then as I was studying, I felt just compelled to, to read this so that you can hear it and listen to it and see what God has done literally for you in the covenant connection that we have with Him. So, I'm going to read three passages, <clears throat> two of them out of Hebrews and the other passage out of, um, out of uh, Galatians 3. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 1, and I'm re reading all of this out of the New Living Translation. 
That first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship were, were on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a lampstand and a table and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place. In that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the ark were a gold jar containing manna and Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of the atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins, this is the high priest, for his own sins and for the sins of the people and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offered in that day are not able to clean cleanse the consciences, the consciences of the people who bring them. For that old system deals only with food, drink, and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. We could say a lot about this, but I'm, I've got a point that I'm driving home here this morning. The sacrifices of the, of the covenant under the law could not cleanse a human being's conscience. I'm telling you today, your greatest battle is your conscience. Your greatest battle is your mind. And what the old covenant could not do, the new covenant has established, has empowered us to be able on a day-to-day -day basis to stop every ungodly thought that does not bring edification to God. That's what this covenant did. <clears throat> Tenth chapter and verse 1, again in the New Living Translation. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow a dim preview of good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine coming in here today and worshiping God with the songs that were sung? Coming in here today and hearing the word preached and leaving here with no ability within yourself to overcome the guilt, the shame, the memories of things that want to try to dictate your future constantly. Listen to me, everybody sitting in here, you have to battle with that, but now we've got the answers. Can you imagine? They came to worship, and yet it could do nothing. They had to wait for the cleansing once a year that helped them for the moment, but not throughout the year. So it's kind of like a person working a job that they hate, just waiting for that two-week vacation. But nothing worked. You know what I say about that? I say, and we'll read just here in a moment a little bit about that, but, but I, I feel, I, I believe that what was established in the Old Covenant was to keep humanity from being annihilated. So we're grateful for the Old Covenant. Can you say amen? The Old Covenant's not done away with, it's been fulfilled. Let's finish this. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year after year after year, constantly reminding them of what no good, stinking losers that they are. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, He said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you had given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have, come to, to, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the Scriptures. Just keep following with me. Verse 11 in this, in this passage. Under the Old Covenant, the priests, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those, us, who are being made holy. Everybody say, me. You're being made holy every day if... You've accepted Him, and if you're allowing His Word to cleanse your soul every single day. 
If you choose to do that, then in the seed of that word itself is all the cleansing you'll ever need in your life. Listen, if God's not keeping a record of your sin, neither should you. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, old things are passed away, everything is brand new right now. Right now. And the strength of this covenant and the word that goes with this covenant is what empowers me to stay and live that way every single day. Without it, we have nothing. With it, we can do all things. See, at the end of the day, it's not how good you are, it's how good He is. At the end of the day, it's not how good you are at walking it out day to day, it's how good He was to complete the job that He finished. At the end of the day, it's all about Him. Can you say amen to that? This is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws or my word in their heart. I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and their lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices so you got to get it out of your mind thinking you got to do enough good for him to accept you. And that's what he's talking about for you and I today. Now, like I said, I feel like it was important for you to follow with me on that. And what I'm going to end with today is found in Galatians 3. So follow with me, and I'm going to drive my point home for you today. This is, again, this is um, Galatians 3, starting with verse 15. Dear brothers and sisters, sounds like I just said that. Oh, I did. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Mm, That's what we need, right? Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case... God gave the promises to Abraham and his child, and notice that the Scripture doesn't say to his children, as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child, and that, of course, means Christ. So what happened with Abraham bypassed the tabernacle in the wilderness and went to Jesus. Again, I say... What happened in the wilderness was to keep humanity from being annihilated until the promise would manifest through Jesus Christ. It had to happen with a man. Abraham was that guy so that Jesus could come into the earth. God set it up that way. Watch this. That is what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking His promise. See, it had to to happen. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would be the result of accepting, it, it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. 
but God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise, why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. That's Jesus. God gave His law through angels to Moses, who is the mediator between God and the people. Now, a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when He gave His promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the Scriptures declare that we're all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ, not by doing everything perfect. Right? If the promise would have been manifested, then we would have just obeyed the law perfectly and it would all have been taken care of. It didn't happen that way. It would never happen that way. So what happened with Abraham bypassed the wilderness and went to Jesus. And now, all that they went through in that period of time, that three to 4,000 years of the law and all the things that went with that, what they went through, you and I don't have to go through anymore. The law and everything that was there, there's still good things in the law, but now it's been fulfilled. Now it's not based on, I, I don't get rewarded because I'm perfect. I'm rewarded because of my relationship with God Almighty. Listen to me. And the perfect one, the Bible says, will make you perfect. The word perfect there is mature, developed. He'll develop you. Nobody will develop you like Jesus Himself, and He is the living Word. This is an iPad, but you understand what I'm saying. I'm reading out of the Bible of my iPad right here. The Bible is Jesus. He is the living Word. And He's the one that's made the difference. And when I put Him inside of me, not talking about being born again, I'm talking about being born again every day in my soul. When I'm putting this inside of me, in my mind, renewing and refreshing and, and dealing with my conscience and the darkness that is in every person's conscience, when I'm allowing that to work, then I overcome because of the seed of that Word transforming and changing me. Not because I do it perfectly. Listen to me. I mean, I, I could talk about my own self in my 45 years and my journey with God over the last 45 years. I mean, I came into the kingdom at 18 years old with all kinds of junk and mess and stuff, and it took time to develop that. And I'm telling you, I got it, and I've got a hold of it today, but I'm telling you, there's some times when it was ugly looking. Huh? Big messes and junk and stuff, but I stayed with it, and I didn't quit, and I overcame, and it's because of this covenant that was cut and established through Jesus Christ, through His obedience. Like we said last week, that covenant was established in the Garden of Eden, when he said, Father, if there be any other way, let this thing that I'm having to go through pass away. But not my will, but yours be done. In that moment, Jesus Christ, who is all man, had doubts, had things come against him, trying to get him to think 
there's got to be another way to do this instead of taking all the sins, sicknesses, and, and torment and everything of humanity that's ever lived or ever will. I've got to be able to get out of this. But there lies an account of the greatest act of submission and the greatest act of unselfishness ever in the history of the world. And that's where the covenant was cut. The shedding of blood in his body, in that garden, he began to sweat drops of blood. That covenant was cut there because of his decision. And once his decision was made, it didn't matter what he went through. And you know what? Every day you and I can make decisions to overcome the obstacles of life only if we have Him renewing our mind and leading our life. That's the covenant that we have with God Almighty. Can you say amen? I just want to finish this and I'm done. But God who is one did not use a mediator when He gave His promise to Abraham. I'm sorry, I backed up. Uh, But the Scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody. Why? So we couldn't be annihilated. Humanity was, right? We were kept in protective custody so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now, that way of faith has come. We no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. There is no race issue with God. There's two races of people today on planet earth. Those who are saved and those who aren't yet. And the ones who aren't saved are becoming saved. Because it's God's desire that everybody come to a saving knowledge because of this covenant that was cut. God so loved the world that He gave the best of heaven, right? Jesus chose the heart and the desire of the Father to liberate you and I. And this this covenant that was cut, that is here for us, empowers us now to be one with humanity. There's different cultures of people, right? People raise differently and those kind of things, but race of people, there's two. Saved and those who aren't saved yet. That's it. Whatever color skin that you have, lightness or darkness of your skin, whatever it is, that just means that you're the, we're, we're all a, a number of buckets of water and a number of buckets of dirt. And all it means is that if your skin's lighter, it's because you had light dirt. And if your skin's darker, it's just because you were made with dark dirt. That's it. Did you hear me? I said, that's it. God didn't look at it any other way. People have problems with it, but God doesn't look at it any other way. We are one. What did he say here? He said there's neither 
Jew nor Gentile, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female. We are all, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true, true children of Abraham, you are heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. It's mine. Can you say amen to that? It's mine. It's yours. I have never, in all my days, ever wanted to try and attempt to create a new path. I've never come to a place, I've had some bad days, difficult days in my life walking with God, but never once have I ever wanted to change the path I was on thinking that my way was better. Well, you know what? This hasn't worked to this point. Tired of it. Just going to do something different. I'm not talking about a vocation. I'm not talking about a position that you're in. If I've pastored this church for 33 years. If I'm to continue to pastor, which I am, I have vision. I have definite vision for the next decade, you know, and, and beyond. But if I wasn't supposed to do this, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your life and your faith and your confidence in the blessing of God. That was the promise. I will bless all the nations because of you. Well, I'm part of the nations. You're part of the nations. Every human being on planet earth is part of the nations, whether they know it or not. It's not divided. It's not this group and that group and this one and that one. It's not Republican and Democrat and all this other mess. We're one in Him. And it's because of the blood covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. that fulfilled the covenant in the tabernacle and was the fulfillment of the covenant of Abraham. One of the reasons I read you all this scripture today is because I encourage you in different translations of the Bible to go and read these passages. I didn't read all of Hebrews 9 and 10. You can actually go all the way back to Hebrews 7, 8, 9, and 10 all talk about the covenant. 10, well, actually... Levin even, talk about the covenant. And I would encourage you to spend time reading it and developing your understanding of what Jesus did and what he accomplished for your life. Can you say amen to that?